it's crispy Christmas. Everyone loves a crispy Christmas. Good evening, good morning, good night. Whenever you're listening to this, this is Shark Brain, the podcast Christmas edition. I'm your host, Jake Newton. And if I sound a little dour, a little down in the mouth, then uh, you'll know that I am sick. Sick. Uh, I got this buggy fluey thing. It's going around. I'm going to have to dip my microphone in Purell afterwards, or it'll eat through it. Uh, well, we don't have a guest this week. It's a little different from the normal format because... In all honesty, it was too much of a busy week. We had a, a little bit of a schedule conflict with our guest that was supposed to be coming in. But don't worry, we'll make up for it later. Christmas time is a time of holiday cheer. Love, acceptance, shopping, manic craziness, people killing each other in uh, in Black Friday sales. Just cause, because saving a few dollars is is worth more than a human life. Let's be honest, folks. Let's make some money. Ugh. This cold slash flu slash I don't know what it is is seriously kicking my ass up and down the block. Don't worry, I will bounce back. I will rise like a phoenix from the ashes. I will, I'll, I'll use my my vague form of karate to um, punch and kick and all that other stuff. Let's talk about what is going to be coming up in the next few weeks. There's going to be a lot of uh, a lot of resolutions that we're going to make. There's going to be a few moments where we actually say, listen. I know that I have been putting off actually becoming the true self, the real person, the core of me that is shining brilliant like a diamond. I've got this coal around me. Sound a little bit like Woody Allen. I've got this coal around me and it's terrible. And no. Uh you're gonna get to you're gonna get to the bottom of it, you're gonna make those resolutions, and you're gonna find the truth, and you're gonna be better, faster, quicker, more in tune with yourself, less addicted to your phone. I got the phone addiction, guys. It's really bad. I got to pull my face out of it. But you know what? I've got every faith that this year is going to be your year or our year, depending on uh, how you look at it and whether or not you know zombie tunes. Huh. I'm just going to ramble on here for a little bit. Um, I had the opportunity to be on a big film set this week for a big television show. I can't tell you which television show. I can't tell you what I did in it. I had to sign a crazy non-disclosure agreement because, you know... Yo, you gotta, you gotta save the sizzle, right? Right? You don't want to hear about that kind of stuff. You don't want me ruining some good show for you. Needless to say, I had a blast, and it was the first time that I had really done uh, a big production in a while. It had been at least like three or four years since I had done a, a big show or a big movie, and um, a lot of you actually don't even know that I do that. I, I do act as well. That's the reason why I came to Los Angeles. My father was a musician, and I was going to differentiate. I know. Look at me. Uh, I don't want to be a rock and roller dad. I want to be an actor. But needless to say, um, I got to work on set, and it was uh, it was an interesting experience. I hadn't done it in a while. I think one of the reasons why I took a break for about four or five years from acting was because I had too thin of a skin. Went back to music. You can work alone in music and not have to deal with your interpersonal relationships, which you can do up to a point making music. You can go up and, and bony bear it out into the woods uh, which is part of the myth of that, but in all honesty, he did have other people help him doing it. It's all about my lack of being able to stand up for myself in interpersonal communications, my fear of conflict that is so pervasive and so to the core of me that uh, it terrifies any and all human interaction as it pertains to standing up for my own voice. It's a difficult thing. I've been getting better at it. been going to uh, therapy. It's working. You know, I, I Incrementally, bit by bit, you're able to stand up for yourself. You know what it's like? It's like the best part of having two drinks in you. 
when you get that little bit of buzz that says, you know what? I think I'm important. I'm going to say something. That's the feeling of it, only without the, you know, loosest of lips being able to just, you know, stomp all over people. The difficulty in having my particular condition of neurosis and uh, and inability to stand up for yourself is that you go from zero to 60, so you save up something for a long time like a camel with a hump full of water, and then when somebody says just one little tiny thing that deserves maybe about a two or a three, you unload a 15 on them and you just... Blah! Receive the wrath that I've been saving for these last 16, 17, 18 months, 20 years, 30 years, who knows? And then you just unleash and volley on people and they kind of, you know, look stunned like you've just, you know, filled them with, you know, 3,000 volts of electricity. And it is kind of true that way that, uh, you know, I, I think the healthiest of people have the shortest amount of time between uh, the actual offense that they feel or the, the feeling that comes up and the elucidation of said feeling. You know, who knows? Maybe that's what, maybe that's what uh, keeps the creatives working. Maybe that's what makes the albums that we like. People's inability to express themselves. Listen, if the entire world was completely healthy, who knows if we'd ever have Botticelli's Birth of Venus or, or any of the work by um, W. Somerset Mom, one of my favorite writers, any and all of the beat poetry, feeling so misled and misidentified. Who knows? Maybe that's, uh, maybe health isn't necessarily the best for art. But then again, there's one of the pervasive myths that lie amongst us. That feeling that we have to suffer and be traumatized and be tortured for our art. We're not allowed to be healthy. Seems like a crock of shit to me. I don't know. Email me with your thoughts on this. Do we need to be healthy to actually make the art? Is it helpful to be hurt a little bit? Is it just the sensitivity? Will you always have that prism that you look at life through, or do you have to have the fuel for the fire in your guts ripping you apart? That was a bit of a misnomer for myself. I don't allow myself to be happy. Granted, it's not as though I'm keeping happiness at the door, that it keeps coming around knocking, and I just say, no, no, not now. I'm going to feel miserable. It's a, it's a prism with, from which you view life. It's almost as if somebody went at you with a carrot peeler and then threw you out into the wind. And every little bit, every little bristle that passes by your skin just feels like a thousand knives. Uh, there's also the badge of honor of being tortured and all other shit. And you can give yourself all kinds of weird badges of courage and, and, and semi-hipster motivated, uh, you know, live fast, die young mottos and credos that are, you know, empty and, and to be honest, completely immature. The idea of being an artist and growing old, continuing to make art, is a bit daunting when you've got your blanket of hurt that you pull from, that well that continues to pull out. Eventually it grows stale and people can hear it and they can see it. They feel it in you and you wonder where it all went. It's that sophomore slump. Tell you what you gotta do, Jake. You gotta stop comparing yourself to other people. That's a disease right there. Everybody's got their own path. And I say that like I actually know it and mean it, but I'm telling myself as much as I'm telling anybody else, as much as I'm telling you guys. The compare and contrast of friends is something that will actually turn into a cancer. It's kept me from a lot of things. I had a conversation with somebody, one of my friends who was really successful, who I don't really get a chance to talk to very much. And uh, I had built up this whole narrative about why he stopped calling me. We stopped hanging out. He just sort of, you know, shot up and became really, really popular here and over in Europe and and was doing doing really, really well for himself. And I always had this feeling as though I was just a stepping stone in his career. And that the reason why he didn't 
talk to me anymore was because, you know, he was over me. That was you know, my own personal self-talk that began to like ruminate and, and churn in my mind over and over again, like a rock polisher until it became this hardened diamond of absolute cold fact. People don't like hanging out with me anymore because of my lack of success. It was a whole narrative. I, I built, I built a whole world inside my head about this story, ran into him. I had a gig, hadn't seen him in a couple of years. It turns out the reason why he hadn't called me a lot, the reason why he'd been overwhelmed with certain things is because that happens, because I didn't call him. I was looking at my call logs on my phone of me trying to get a hold of him. It was the same amount of time that he called me. It's my own freaking narrative of breaking myself down. Oh, and to boot, he also had a kid that I didn't know about. I guarantee you when I have a kid, I'm not going to be able to call all my satellite friends around the globe about the great big news. It's not going to happen. Life gets in the way, and you have to give people a certain amount of latitude and not take things so personally. I am talking to myself, folks. That's what I am doing. I can't tell you anything specifically about the acting job that I just did, but I can tell you the difference between acting and music as it pertains to creativity. When you're an actor, you have a certain small set of things that you can do that gives you your creative voice in the project, and it is subservient to someone else's creative voice. That's why it's so great to work with great directors because you feel a certain confluence of your art and their art together. You're, the great thing about it is that you're not saddled with the massive, great macro vision of everything, which can be, to be perfectly honest, a little exhausting. You control just a little piece of it and... Uh, and you get instruction on it, and it feels great. I don't think that my 22, 23, 24-year-old self could handle it when I first started professionally acting. It was too much. It was the, the shorthand that needs to happen when you're on a shooting schedule was too caustic and abrasive. I went to the church of acting, quote-unquote, when I was in, uh, in conservatory and, and theater classes, and I really thought that the, I was going to change the world. No, honestly, I'm not going to change the world. You're going to entertain people. It's when people get political that are actors. It's bile. Yuck. On another note, John Titterington of the Roofbeam Carpenters just rounded out his pledge music campaign to a successful result. They get to be nail biters toward the end, but they pulled it off. Last week was uh, the deadline for them to reach 100%, and they're going to continue to grow after that. I'm going to give him a call real quick, and we're going to talk to him about it. I think he's on his way up to his folks' place in the Pacific Northwest. It's ringing. Hello? Hey, John Titterington. Oh, is this Jake Newton calling? Yeah, this is Jake Newton calling. It's amazing how you just pick up. Just, hello? Who is that? I'll deal, yeah. I'll, I'll deal with their identity later. <laughs> the, the, thing I love about the, the thing I love about the the podcast, like, phone-in call is that, like, in the interest of getting from point A to point B, we pretend, like... Like oh, like, oh, I wasn't expecting your call. I didn't just call you a minute ago to say, hey, are you, is this a good time? Can I call you? Are you not going to hang up on me, right? Okay? Okay, cool. <laughs> right, cool. right. All right. It's, it's, in the interest, it's in the interest of not doing this weird bit we're doing right now and taking up time, <laughs> but uh, I, I feel so weird about it. I have to acknowledge it. Anyway, sorry. Okay. You you're, very, you're very meta, man. That's, that's what I appreciate you. You're so, you're so Generation Y right now. Uh, Guy, you just finished. You finished up with a pledge campaign that was uh, successful, down to the wire, nail biter, but uh, a huge success. 
How do you feel? I did. I, I, uh, man, I, I feel super grateful. I'm obviously very, very relieved. Um, you can look at the, you know, the metrics mm-hmm. or the, the analytics, whatever. I know, I know what the model is. I've, I've seen enough campaigns to know that, you know, you get about 15%, 15 to 20% of your funding in the first week, and then you get the last, like, 15, 20% in, like, the last three days. That's just what happens. Yeah, man. It looks right. like a, the, the graph looks like a big smile. All right. But with three days left, you still, there's just no, you know, mm-hmm. like, you still, you still got X amount of dollars left to go. Like, with with four days left, we had $900 left. And at, as far as I knew, everyone was accounted for. Like, all the, all the, like, well, this guy pledged, this girl pledged, like, these people pledged. Yeah. Uh, there's just no, the, the well is dry. But, <laughs> of course, the money still shows up somehow. I, it's just yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm I'm super relieved and and very 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 thrilled that uh, we reached our funding goal. That's well, dude, everybody involved. Dude, I'm I'm thrilled. I can't wait to hear this record. Do you have a release date? Are you still kind of mulling over when you want to do that? Um. So the uh, for anyone listening who is interested in pledging and hasn't yet. Uh, going to stay open. The project's going to stay open until our digital release date, which is February 11th. Okay. Um, so anyone who still wants to pre-order the record, they absolutely can do that. Um, a lot of the exclusives are still available. Uh, it's very easy to do through the website. Um, on February 11th, that is when the digital release will go out to all pledgers, and then the project will be officially closed off. It will belong to the ages. Yep. Um, you'll send it out into the ether. There, but for the grace of God, go I. You know. Understood, it man. Really apply to the situation, but um, I'm feeling very verbose right now. As well, you should, man. As well, you should. You should be walking around on cloud nine, man. Those nail biters, when you get it to the very end, and it works out like everybody tells you it's going to work out, but you have a secret doubt in the back of your mind, and then it does. It's one of the greatest feelings. One thing I wanted to bring up to you, uh, uh, not uh, uh, total non sequitur, just watched I Am Not a Hipster with you in it. it. Oh, you watched that movie? That's so good. Yeah, I man. Like it, that that's a great movie, man. Um, Dustin, Dustin Cretton is a, is, a, is a pal of mine. Um, he also happens to be uh, a just lights out director. Um, and I got to, for those of you who've seen Short Term 12, um, if you like Short Term 12, you should also check out this, his other film that came before it called I'm Not a Hipster. Um, I have a very, 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 very small cameo in it as a piano player. Um, but uh, it, what's funny about that film, too, is, uh, Jake, I've seen you play in San Diego several times. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that movie captures the very, very small uh, sort of indie, indie art scene that exists in San Diego. Basically, like, Dustin took this character and injected it into the scene that already that exists, like, as a real thing. Like, when you're watching the movie, he's playing at the Casbah, and all the people who would be at that show, if it took place in real life, are there on screen. It's very, very weird. Yeah. Um, Absolutely like meta. Background. Very, yeah. All the background, like, uh, my friend's, in my band, the Tree Ring, are like the main character's backing band. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it's very, it, it's a very odd thing. Um, but the movie's great. Uh, I 
feel like I'm talking about too much now. But no, no. It's on, it's on Netflix. It's on iTunes. Uh, yeah, definitely go check it out. And and you did some work on the soundtrack with Joel, right? Um, yes. Uh, like by way of, I'm in a band called The Tree Ring, and that is featured on the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Dude, it's 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 great, dude. So yeah, it's a good day, and you're on your way up to Portland right now to go visit with the folks and uh, and, and refill your flannel. Is that what's going on? Uh-huh. Yeah. I, 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 I'm actually up there. I'm driving through my home. I'm driving through my hometown of Walton, Oregon. Like as you speak. Um, oh, wow. My my beard my beard has grown three sizes. That's a, that's amazing. There. Hey, can you do me a favor on your way back down? Can you pick me up some artisanal cheese? <laughs> maybe or just like an and maybe like uh just a, a half growler of uh of allagash or whatever they got lying around um i'll uh i i'll just uh, uh you should just come up here man <laughs> okay. come up here and you can get all the artisanal cheese and craft beer <laughs> I, by the way just, just a quick quick aside i i saw this in one of jimmy fallon's joke books it just said it was his like thank you notebook it said Thank you, craft breweries, for making alcoholism a fun hobby. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Well, Guy, I wish you safe travels, man, and I am so thrilled that this record got fully funded. And remember, everybody, you can go on Pledge Music and look up the Roof Beam Carpenters and continue to pledge to it. And with the extra money, John will actually uh, hire a decent publicist other than the squirrel with a typewriter he was going to do. Awesome. Uh, thanks for the plug, pal. All right, well, have fun. Okay, buddy. Love that guy. If you want to hear a cover that I did of his song, Make Me a Stone, he's put that up on the Pledge site as well. So for fans of Jake Newton music who want to hear his music through my interpretation, you can check that out. And you, as he said, you can continue to pledge. Make sure to head over there. What else can I tell you guys before I round this out? Let's discuss what is coming up over the next couple months. We're going to be bringing a lot more people into Shark Brain. We're going to be having a few more specials and giveaways. Keep your radios dialed. Unfortunately, I have to cut this one short because my fever's starting to creep up. And, uh, man, oh man, I'm feeling sick. I do want to thank all of you that have been so generous and so, so giving when it comes to your time for listening to this podcast. Thank you for the encouragement you've given me. It's been, uh, it's been quite fun to be able to work in this format. Go to sharkbrainpodcast.com where you can get info on all the shows. You can listen to every single one of them. We've got jakenewton.com where you still have 30% off of all Jake Newton merchandise. Till the end of the year, we're extending the sale to 2014. There you go. There you have it. So, you know, share with your loved ones the gift of white boy sad music. I don't really have anything else to tell you other than I love you. I mean it. I want you to have a great holiday. If you're traveling, be safe. Account for all those bags. And if you're not traveling, just be glad that you're not traveling. Love your friends. And be well.